This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to another podcast of Abiding Together where we hope to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for everyone who's on the journey of living out their passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. So welcome to the journey, welcome to this week's episode. And my name is Sister Miriam James Heidland and as usual I am joined by my lovely friends uh, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. Michelle, how is life treating you today? How's it going? I am so good. I just ate a chocolate muffin, not Heather's scone recipe, but a chocolate muffin that I made myself, by the way. I hear we've been getting rave reviews about her scones that she left a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Seriously. People emailed us pictures of them Uh, making scones. It was so cute. I loved it. Heather thinks she needs her own cooking show, and so cooking with Heather. (laughs) Rachel Ray, watch out, man. Heather Kim's coming up. I did not say that, but I do love cooking and I love baking. I think it's a way to love on people, you know. It's a great, and most people are quite happy to receive that gift. (laughs) Seriously, yeah. Um, Heather, how are you today? I'm doing well today. Yeah, I'm happy to be with you both this morning. It's a gift. Mm Well, How are you, sister? It's, it's always a gift. I'm doing well. Yeah, it was some massive, massive thunderstorms in the area where I live. And uh, so it was a treacherous journey getting home yesterday, but I was glad to come home and be able to record with y'all. Otherwise, I would probably still be at some airport somewhere in a corner in the fetal position. But here I am. So, <laughs> Well, thanks be to God. <laughs> oh, yeah. So today we're going to talk about building community wherever you are. And which is really apropos since we're talking about community, the three of us. So we're going to actually have this whole podcast guided by a quote from Dorothy Day. And it's an amazing quote. And she says this. She says, we have all known the long loneliness and we have learned that the only solution is love and that love comes with community. And I know, Michelle, this is something very dear to your heart. So you're going to kind of take over today and lead us on this journey. Um, Where would you like to start when we talk about community and the long loneliness in Dorothy Day? Well, I think for all of us, like there is a call to community, you know, community. There is a quote um, in one of the church documents. I cannot remember which one. Sorry, Sister Johanna, who taught us catechetics. Um, But um, it says communio is the deepest identity of the church that, you know, um, that we are. We take communion in, but we also have communion with one another. And that is who we are, that we are not meant to live in isolation, but we're meant to live with other people. Um, but community is one of those tricky things where it is beautiful and life-giving and it is hard and messy all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that has to be intentionally cultivated, intentionally um, to have really a meaningful community, to be really like you have to something that takes work, you know, um, sometimes easy work, sometimes hard work, um, you know, and that there's different types of community, you know, it's not a one size fit all. And it's not just a certain type. Um, Heather, what's been your experience with community? Yeah, I've been very blessed in my life to have, as you said, it's different in different places that I've lived and different stages of my life, different seasons, as we like to talk about. Um, But yeah, it it, uh, has been a great gift because I've always had people who are very close to me. I've been blessed with friendships that have been loyal and, um, and have really, yeah, where I've been able to be myself and be vulnerable. 
and I do think it looks different. I mean, that's one thing that is very much on my heart these days is that we have to, we have to fight for community, for time with people. It used to be very different in our world, you know, where most of it was the village, you know, the village idea and everybody lived in close proximity to one another and they engaged in one another's lives, you know, on a daily basis. And, and we don't live in that kind of world anymore. It's very easy to be surrounded by people and be very lonely at the same time, and you would never know. And as I've engaged with different people's stories, and even in my own life, there's been times where I've been incredibly lonely and struggling, and nobody would know because I'm not engaging in those kind of conversations. Everything is very quick, and, um, you know, there's more, it's more of like just these quick interactions. What do you need from me? Or here's what I need to give to you, or whatever. Driving by people in the parking lot and giving a wave, and that's about it, you know, for the day. And so this is something that is very, very important to me that I feel very strongly about is the importance of community making time for it and the intentionality behind it. Um, We started something about eight years ago. It just happened. There was three other couples and we did a, we started with a little book. We thought, oh, we'll just go through this book together. And it turned into us continuing to meet together. So it was every other week on a Thursday night for two hours and we would meet with these three other couples and we went through different series. We did, you know, Bishop Robert Barron thing. We did some of the Catholicism series. We did different books. There was kind of a variety of things that we did that were good spiritually. Um, But then we also had our family interaction with that as well. So we would gather all the kids. I think there was like 20 kids (laughs) amongst the four families. So once a month we would do some kind of family thing, whether it be just a bonfire at somebody's house and bring hot dogs. We tried to keep it very simple, you know, play a soccer game together. And it was really beautiful because the kids would often get really upset when just the adults were meeting because they were like, we want to get together, you know, with everybody. And it was just such a beautiful thing because everybody so looked forward um, to coming together. And sometimes it was just fun and we would just laugh and laugh and laugh with one another, which is such an important aspect of community. And sometimes, you know, we would do a little study and have some spiritual conversations, which is also really important. And I think it's rare that those two things come together. We often separate them. You know, it's like, well, this is my church group or my church time. And this is my, you know, my fun people or my fun time. So, yeah, that's one of the things that has been very, very fruitful for us is to, yeah, intentionally connect with people. And we had to make time for it. We had to say no to other things. We had to carve it out in our schedule. We had to plan, you know, at the beginning of the year, like when are all the dates that we're going to be getting together? It doesn't just happen. That's what I've realized. It, it very rarely just happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, very rarely. So, sister, what's your experience? Because you literally live in community, you know. <laughs> I do. I live in a religious community. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been interesting. And I just think as you're both talking, I was just reflecting on just the different communities I've lived in over the years, you know, with my own family, my own, you know, mom and dad and my brother, my older brother, and then just different communities of sports communities and like I say, dance communities. And then, you know, you move to high school and you have your high school friends and in college, you know, playing volleyball, the athletes, you know, all of us hung out together and, and then just coming to religious life and, and serving in community and I, you know, I, I'm by nature very introverted and rather shy. And so it can be challenging to really go out of oneself and to, to be in community. But I really see more and more the importance of it. And it, it is, 
it's imperative in our lives because that's we're made in the image and likeness of God, and so we're made for we're made for communion and relationship. And so, you know, we like Saint John Paul II says, we find ourselves in the gift of ourselves. And even in religious communities, you know, it is not like the sound of music. Can I just <laughs> can I just say that? <laughs> Although I did sing in the mountains with Michelle, she does have photographic evidence of uh, when I was with him that there are you awesome. know I was. I mean, I may have been. There could have been evidence. Anyway, um, and so you really, you know, you're. I'm living a religious community that has people of all ages from all different nationalities coming together to to serve God and you know learning how to receive people and and be a human person and go beyond yourself and to listen. I I think just the simple reality of listening to people, listening with the heart, is is such a is such an important thing about community. But I know that I could not live this life without the, my sisters. I couldn't do it. And they're such an inspiration to me and they challenge me and they, you know, remind me of my goals in life. And so in a world that's more and more isolated, even with social media, we're so lonely and so isolated. And like Heather said, we have those just in, like it, just momentary interactions with people or we send them a text message, which is very different than really getting to know somebody and really listening and really speaking and sharing from the heart. And I just convinced more and more that it's the people that God puts in my daily life, my day-to-day life that he's calling me to deeper community with. And that's very important. I'm not, you can't look for some utopia moment where when life's perfect, then I'll find the perfect community. There's no such thing, mm-hmm. but it's daily receptivity, the daily openness to the persons that people that God sends me in my life, uh, where he's calling me to live deeper community. And it's been really inspirational, but the two of you have really inspired me in that area a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's really a witness for you to even talk about that. Most people would say, well, sister, you live in a community, so you have community. That's obvious. But what I hear you saying is that even though you have a community, you can either engage with it fully or not. You know, you still have decisions to make whether you're going to oh, definitely connect with mm-hmm. people on a deep level or not. You can hide even in community. <laughs> you can hide so easily and have such super superficial or shallow conversation or it remains at a certain level versus heart to heart, which is really what restores us and refreshes us. So yeah, it's you have to choose it. Even living in community, you still have to choose it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's different layers of community. I think like you, like, like the first inner layer is like the first rung or ring, I like to call it, of community is you know, it can't be a huge group. It has to be a very intimate group that you really share your story with and share your um, triumphs and your hurts and your brokenness and your mess and your glory stories all at one time. But people that you can trust and they can trust you and you can listen and they can listen to you and um, know that your stories are sacred and they honor that and they see that. And once you know that you are loved and that you belong, and that they can even even point out like your blind spots or, um, you know, or you can point out your blind spots to them and they can speak into that. You know, um, you have the permission and you feel safe to be vulnerable with these people and, you know, um, really safe. Like um, at the beginning of March, we did an event, Heather and I did um, together and the I got so overwhelmed the Saturday night of the events because I could see that this was bigger than I thought it was going to be. And I knew like, I could not like with in my weaknesses, I could not leave that. Like, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know? And I completely fell apart on Heather, you know, and my husband, but completely, I'm like, how am I going to do this? But it was Heather talking me down off a ledge being like, okay, this isn't your gift. You pretty much 
stink. She, she may have said another word, but uh, <laughs> but this is this is what you can do, you know. But then it opened myself up to be really vulnerable to the other people that we are journeying with, and say, okay, these are my blind spots. These are not what I'm gifted at. This is, you know. And with that, just confession, I'm saying, okay, this is it. It brought so much freedom to me, but it also invited other people and were like, but this is our strength. Let us help you. Like, let us take some of the pieces. Let us do this. But I'm thinking, like, I have to go in strong mode. And if I'm, you know, leading this, that it has to be on me. And it was like, no, I led better in my vulnerability and brokenness that I was stronger that way than I was, you know, in my bravado or whatever it is. And so um, just that intimate community is important, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's really key. Like, there's a few things that you said. It's like we can gloss over it, um, but they're actually like these massive pieces. One is keeping that circle small, who you're sharing those everyday things with. And I think the circle has to be small because you have to choose people who are trustworthy and who have integrity and character. I think as women, it's easy to jump on a bandwagon with one another. Like, if something bad happens, or let's just say, Michelle, that um, something happened between you and Chris for example, and this is just a hypothetical situation. And then um, you're telling me like, yeah, and then you did this side over mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know how easy it would be like as girlfriends, you're like, and then he did this. And then I would be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he did that. What a jerk. You know, and it turns into that (laughs) kind of thing. That is not helpful. That is not supportive. That does not support your marriage. That does not speak life into things. And so we need people who, as we share our struggles and our blind spots, who are going to be um, a, a voice of truth for us and love. And sometimes love isn't in agreement. You know, sometimes the loving thing is to gently say, you know, I love you, but you're being really difficult right now. You know, like mm-hmm. you have to step down. Like this isn't, this isn't the way that you can bless this person or whatever the situation is. So I think the circle has to be small and we have to cultivate those kind of relationships, but we also have to cultivate that in our own hearts to be able to offer that to other people. You know, we have to look at, wow, what are my intentions? Am I a gossipy person? Am I trustworthy? Can people trust me with, with their hearts? Am I gentle with them? Um, am I a person who's anchored in the truth? So I think we have to to give what we expect to receive as well. Yeah. Oh, that is so true and so good. And I, I, and I also amen to all of that. And I also appreciate Michelle, your point of how everybody like St. Paul talks about that. Each of us have a gift. Each of us have different strengths. And when we allow people to come into our life to bring their strength, to bring their gift to us, it just makes life richer. It makes it more, you know, more vibrant and more beautiful. And, you know, the people that God sends into our life are not coincidental. They're providential. And each person is a gift. Each person is loved by God. Each person has a gift to give us. And I have a gift to give each person as well. And so many times, one of my superiors used to say when she was struggling with somebody, she would often bring them to Jesus in her prayer. And she would say, Jesus, how do you see this person? Like, how do you love them and teach me how I can see them the way you see them? Because often we see out of our own, you know, jadedness or we see out of our own kind of brokenness. But she's like, please. And I've never forgotten that image of bringing that person to Jesus saying, Lord, teach me how you see them because they're a gift to you. And so how can, you know, how can I, what, 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 and sometimes the gifts are not easy. They're challenging gifts, but what, you know, why is God putting this person in my life and what, (laughs) what are they trying to impart to me? Because every person is important. You know, we talked about that in C.S. Lewis, his sermon on the weight of glory. 
he said, there's no such thing as an ordinary person. You've never met a mere mortal. <laughs> he said, aside from the Blessed Sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest thing presented to your senses. Hmm. And it's just hard. I know it's hard. Like, well, not this morning, but, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but, you know, it's just the staggering gift of the human person and community because all God is trying to do is call us to live the Trinitarian life. He's calling us to live the beautiful life now on earth. Mm-hmm. That's really what the call to communion is. And, um, you know, the loneliness that we have many times is mitigated by that. And at a deeper level, it's really a call to communion with God. But I, I just amen to both of you. I really, yeah, I can really easily to what you both of you were saying. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something about going outside of our, maybe our structured family situations. Like I know when I first got married, a lot of people, we were still in college when Jake and I got married, but there was a lot of people that looked to us like, oh, wow, you have it all now. You know, it's basically like you don't need anything else. And I realized very quickly (laughs) that Jake couldn't be everything for me, that I needed friends that outside of him that were going to speak into my life and that I could share deeply with as well. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's extremely important to have other people that you're connecting with. Yeah, it is. And realizing, like you said, some people, it's hard when you feel like you have to see who God has really placed in your inner circle. And when you're saying, well, I don't have anyone in my inner circle, like what you said, Sister Mary, I'm like, pray. God is providential. You know, he will bring them forth. Sometimes it feels like he like totally snail mailed them to you and it's taking forever (laughs) for these people to come forth, you know, or like God has people in front of you. And like you said, you haven't quite unwrapped the gift of their greatness. Like their gift is like wrapped with duct tape and it takes a long (laughs) time. Oh, that's a good image. I like that. You know, to pull it out. But that he longs us to live the Trinitarian life, as sister says, and he longs us, you know, to be in community and communion with one another. You know, that is his deepest heart's desire, you know? And so we have like this inner layer of people that are sacred. And then it's almost like another layer outside of that, you know, what I like to call your neighbors and stuff like that, that um, we're really called to go outside our comfort zone and get to know people that, like maybe you're like physical neighbors. Like for me, I live in a neighborhood right now that is very eclectic, but what I like to call a front porch neighborhood, it's like in a historical district of the town. So I know we've been here six months, seven months in this house, but I know all my neighbors on my street, you know, I love that. And, um, we've been very intentional about getting to know each other and we are all as different as they come, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but, looking for new and inventive, creative ways to get to know your neighbors. Like there's something like I was telling another good friend of mine when we moved in, like four of my neighbors came over and brought me stuff, you know, gifts and whatever. They're blown away. Like, I'm like, all right, this should not be an anomaly. This should be, you know, a um, regular thing to get to know your neighbors, like to go outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. and to do that. And so, but we're like, we like to hole up in our houses, you know, and we are busy. We're all busy, you know. Um, but there's something about going out forth, going out, being like what I call incarnational, you know, going forth in your neighborhood, you know, experiencing that, you know. Heather, what's been your experience with that? Yeah, I'm just sitting here really convicted, actually, as I'm listening to you, because that part does not come easy. You know, Jake and I are both, um, my husband Jake and I, we're both introverts, and so it's hard. Like, you know, as we do our our ministry work and everything, we're 
I, I've had to learn to go outside of my comfort zones of being shy. I am very shy. And so I have to work and use, like, dig into skills that I learned over the years to come out of my shell and um, engage in conversation with people that I don't know well. If I know you well, it's not a problem for me. But it, it it's very hard if I don't know you. And it's even harder if I don't know you, like, in a, oh, this is my church community or whatever. So... Yeah, it's it's hard for us in our neighborhood. It's we've lived here for eight years. You've been there six months. That's so your personality. You're just like, hey, and you're the, <laughs> and you have an incredible gift of gathering people. You know, so yeah, that seems do. like very natural that you would do that. But that doesn't let me off the hook, right? That's what I'm sitting here saying. This is convicting because I've lived here eight years and I don't know all of my neighbors. Like, yes, the ones on either side, and yes, we have some friends on the street. Of course, we see them, but I'm not really looking outside you know, to go, Hey, I want to go meet that person or I want to engage with them. Or, you know, the mom down the street, I'm just like, uh, that takes energy, you know, and I, and I don't necessarily want to spend it there. Um, and, and that's a flaw in me. You know, that's something that I need to, I need to address and I need to put some thought into how I can do that in a way that's natural for me. You know, it doesn't have to look like what you do, but in a way that's natural for me. And I, I love that quote. I think we've used it before. Um, by Mother Teresa, I can't think of it exactly, but it's like we need to widen our circle of family. You know, beyond, what is, I don't know, Michelle, do you remember that exact quote? It says our circle of family is too small, you know, yeah. basically. Too. Yeah. yeah. You know, we need to widen it. And yeah. so, and my parents have always been, quote, but that's the basic gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's too small. And my parents have always been really good at that. They were such an example of that. And they still are. They open their doors to everybody, every person that they meet that's like new at, at the church, they're like, Oh, come down for breakfast. And they've just always been that way, which is incredibly inspiring. And I see the impact that that has on people just in them feeling welcomed in the community. And, and, you know, they, they will, they've really engaged with people on, on that kind of level. So that's inspiring to me. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's inspiring and convicting to me as well. Cause I can totally relate to you, Heather. I, I still want to be like Michelle, but I'm just like, so like awkward at times. And I, you were saying Michelle, that you all do something like, um, nightcaps and night prayer or something like that on your front porch. Actually, where people the, sit together. the young adults that live in our neighborhood are the ones that have started it. We've done it a couple of times, but, um, they do this thing because like I said, we are very much front porch neighborhood, but two of the young adults that live here, um, Christine and Katrin are awesome at this, actually so much better than I am at this. But what they do is they do nightcaps and night prayer and they, go, they switch on a different porch and you do night prayer and you bring a drink, but you invite the neighbors and some of our neighbors have come, you know, on our front porch and totally not Catholic, you know, but We'll come for a glass of wine and they'll do the prayer too. But it's just a really easy, simple way to do, you know, community, you know, where it's non-threatening but totally inviting, you know. And um, and um, I think people want to be invited into family, like other yeah. families, their families, and that's the basic basic gist. I think all of us have a longing for family, you know, like we had said earlier, you know, the call is to be in Trinitarian relationship. So family is just stamped on our identity of who we are. So we belong to be in our family, but then to join other families. Um, you know, for me, it is very important, like both to Chris and I, like I love having young adults and singles as part of my community and in my family. Not only do I love them, I need them like to be with me and to be on this journey with me because I have a lot of kids and not as babysitters. Like I don't want them as babysitters. 
but as part of my team to help me speak into my kids' lives and they can see things that I don't. And they're valuable to me. And even being not here in this town for very long, but the ones that I do have around are like some of the gems. I mean, they're just amazing with my children and, um, you know, help me do life really well, you know, and I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. So that's what we're going to say. Yeah. That's one thing that I've found too in community is that, um, in regards to my children, they, they need people other than just Jake and I to speak into their life and journey with them. Like when sister Miriam comes, you know, they just love you sister and you know that, <laughs> but, but you, you can, okay. you can speak into their life in a different way than we can. And I welcome that because we're not perfect parents. Well, gosh, I wish we were, you know, but we have a lot of things that we're missing that other people in our community can offer them. You know, we have other good friends that the dad is super handy, you know, that's not Jake's gift, but he can fix things and whatever. And so for Jude, to be around him and spend time with him like just all of those things that's how community should be you know we should be able to learn from one another and and be a gift to one another but let's just talk for a minute about what some of the things that that have worked that we've either seen work that we've been a part of that have worked um because i know a lot of people are like well how do i do it like beyond that there's other things i'm needing how do you engage in a group or how do you start something what are the resources what do you do and i think sometimes it, it seems more complicated than it is so maybe we can just talk for a minute about what what works? What are some ideas that we've seen work in other communities? Um, I think, first of all, you know, really identifying what, you know, I know we use this word a lot, but what season you're in and what you need in that season. Like, are you a young mom at home, you know, and you need other young moms or other families, you know, other couples and families to connect with, you know, and if that is the case, okay, like, Yes, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to start it. But someone has to, you know, someone has to. And um, you will be rewarded. Give and you will be given back to you. Just trust me on this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so start it. Keep it simple and small. Keep it a potluck, you know, a Sunday afternoon, you know, everyone brings a dish. Um, And even like it doesn't even have to be a Bible study. How was your week? Like a simple question, how was your week this week? What were the highs? What were the lows? That's it. You know, I think we make it harder than it really is. Or is it a group of women, you know, meet at a coffee shop? You know, I think for us, what has worked well is there's been seasons, like when we had littles, we met with three other couples too, like Heather did. And it was very intentional. And we met at a certain couple's house and, um, We made it a commitment every Monday night and we did it at eight o'clock where we'd all put kids to bed and some of them brought kids with footy pajamas and we were just faithful to that journey as it was. And a lot of fruit was born out of it. It was actually the, one of the other couples is who we went and, um, did co-crest with, you know, in really intentional community for 10 years with them. And that was good. Other times it's just been a group of women to pray. You know, that's how Heather and I became really good friends. She and another good friend of ours, Kristen, we were friends at Steubenville, but we hung out in other social circles, all three of us. But we had a set commitment, I think it was biweekly, to get together and pray together, you know, at school. And that is, you know, what we did. So what do you need right now where you are? And just see and ask for inspiration of the Holy Spirit. How do I create it? You know, and are someone already doing it and I can jump in either or, you know, is a good place to start, you know, how about you sister? Um, I know a couple of my friends, what we do often is we'll meet for a walk together 
And so that's a great way to get some exercise and just kind of be outside for a bit and just go for a walk. And we just talk about different things. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the sisters in my community, even though they live together, they've um, done a book study together. So they just meet once a week and talk about the chapter. And, you know, these are simple things that you could grab a book that, you know, it's just whatever, whatever interests you and just sit down and it doesn't have to be extravagant or, and I love what that's what Michelle's saying is that many times we think, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to cook this five course meal and my house is a mess and just do it. Like just my mom, my mom loves to tell me the story that when, um, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, she had a friend that they met every morning to go walking together. And, you know, my mom lives in Washington state and they made a daily commitment to do that. And she's like, sometimes it was raining, but she's like, I knew my friend would be there and we would always do that. And she said, we did it every day for whatever, six months. And it bonded their friendship. It just, they got, they, they got in shape. They felt better. They shared life together. And so I think that's the, it's the commitment that we, we, we do it even when it's hard, we still do it. And that is life giving. So whether that's through exercise, whether it's through book reading, whether it's through praying, and we can have different kinds of communities as well, but just to, to do it and, and remain committed. And I think that's the important thing. And then we see the fruit that grows from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, I've, I've just, a few things are coming to mind. One is my mom is from Scotland. Um, <laughs> so she moved to Canada when she was 21 or something like that. And her, she has a few really close, friends that she gets together with every single week on a Tuesday morning. And this has been like my whole life that they've done this. So she's Scottish. Her other friend is from England. Her other friend's from Ireland. And then one is from here in Abbotsford. And um, and they get together every time. I mean, it sounds like a joke. Like, <laughs> you know, an yeah. English and Irish person and a Scottish person go into a yeah. bar. Um, but they get together every Tuesday. They used to go out uh, to a coffee shop. And then they, they decided, you know what, let's take the money that we were going to spend at a coffee shop, gather at one of our houses, and put that money um, into a little – they have this cute little purse that they put it into. And – they they give that to a charity or something. So they've done Operation Smile where they donated enough for a surgery to happen or they raise enough for a goat, you know, for, for a family in yeah. need. And it's so cute that I've seen them do that. Um, it, even just last week, I stopped by my mom's house. There they were. There was the little purse on the table and they had their little <laughs> egg cups and their, you know, their jam and scones and all of that. It was so cute. Uh, but they, they work it out there. They laugh their heads off and they talk about the real things too. And so I've seen that. And at a younger stage, you know, when I had babies, um, I would just join them sometimes. You know, it didn't matter that they weren't in my season. It was a place that I could receive. And it was really beautiful to hear all of their experiences and really funny. And they say things you're like, I can't believe you just said that. Um, (laughs) You know, it's just funny, like hearing people in different seasons. But, you know, my dad gets together with a group of men on a Saturday morning. They just listen to one of Bishop Robert Barron's things on YouTube. And then they talk about it. I know women right now who are actually listening to our podcast with a few women and that's their topic of conversation it's like what struck you in the podcast you know it's using things that are already there you don't even have to think up all of the questions or it doesn't have to be formal you can just get together or if you want to do something that has some substance you know um, lisa from walking with purpose has some some bible studies and um and there's other resources out there so i think just making a commitment to do it having it be regular and getting together with people that you want to grow with and, and letting it grow. You know, it doesn't start off amazing, you know, all the time at the beginning. You have to invest. And I think even the three of us, we don't live in the same place. We do our best. You know, we make time to phone one another. We have Skypes together. And, and I think you just, in your own mind, have to make it a priority. If you want to have community, you need to make it a priority and start having these discussions with people. Amen. That's a great place to 
wrap it up, girl. Yeah, that's a great place to end. So what, ladies, we have our one thing now um, out of our communion of community. We have our one thing. So, Heather, what is your one thing this week? Yeah, my one thing that I'm interested in is um, from Blessed Is She. Um, This is a Catholic uh, ministry online, blessedisshe.net. You can go check it out. But they have a Pentecost journal that that I haven't read yet, but they're selling right now. So I'm actually going to order mine today because I'm really interested in journeying through that, especially in that season to have something specific to journey through. Um, It it looks beautiful. I love um, how it looks like on the outside. It's really cool. So um, I would just encourage people to check that out. If you're needing a resource, um, that's a good one. And I look forward to doing it myself and maybe bringing a couple of girlfriends in to do it with me. Michelle, mm-hmm. what's your one thing? Um, my one thing yesterday, one of the girls that I got to know when she was a college student and we were um, running the camp, um, Jenny Lawler, she went to Texas, I think A&M, yeah, Texas A&M. But I love, um, you know, I'm just crazy about all these young adult girls and college girls, but she sent me a TED Talk yesterday, which totally one of my love languages is TED Talks. And so, but it was a TED Talk on teach girls bravery, not perfection. And it was it was awesome. I'll send it to you, uh, sister, before. Well, I mean, we'll put the link up here. But I'll send it to you. And it was really cool. And it's the saying, we're like, we need to show them that they are loved and accepted, not for being perfect, but for being courageous, you know. And um, it was great. It was really, really good. Actually, Jenny was telling me, she's like, you guys need to do a podcast on this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, which I totally agree. And so, but it's good. My one thing was actually, I happened up upon a YouTube talk by Francis Chan. Ooh. And I love Francis Chan, man. That guy speaks my language. He's an evangelical speaker. And that guy is legit. He is for real. And the title of the talk, which was kind of perplexing, which caught my attention, it's called End Time Sins Are in the Church. And it has like over 200,000 views. And I'm like, what is this about? And I think the title is a bit misleading because he does talk about that. He talks about really self-love. But he goes into an exegesis on community and loving that they may be one as we are one, John 17. Wow. And it is so convicting. I was stunned. Like I just sat there watching his talk and I had to rewind it a couple of times. I'm like, what did he just say? It was so incredible. And he talks about loving the person in front of you and how the Christianity will be united when we actually come become one. And he talks about what that means. I'm getting goosebumps right now. But and at the end, he just kneels down and just just offers this heartfelt prayer for the church. And it's it's 55 minutes long. So it's it's an investment of time, but it is worth every second. And you're just going to be so disarmed by his honesty and his vulnerability, but his pr- truth. Oh my gosh. So Francis Chan end time sins are in the church. And I'll put that link up there as well. It was outstanding. All right. Well, friends, thank you once again for joining us in our discussion on finding and building community wherever you are at. Um, I'll read the quote from Dorothy Day again. We have all known the long loneliness and we have learned that the only solution is love and that love comes with community. And we pray that our our podcast, our journey with you is a form of community as well. Please know that we pray for you and we just thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast at iTunes or abidingtogetherpodcast.com. Please leave us a review and a rating that really helps us and share an episode with a friend. So until next time, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Bye-bye.